Welcome back. You're watching Stock Picks. Today we unpack some top and bottom stock performances. That's Anglo Gold Ashanti, Richmond, Anglo American Platinum, and Impala Platinum with Greg Catalan and Bergen from Sunlam Private Wealth. Greg, it's a pleasure. A good afternoon to you. Hello. Greg, let's start off with uh, you know some of the top performers in the first half. But maybe actually before we get there, uh, let's talk about the first half of 2023. Um, Greg, how are you digesting equity performances um, in this part of the year? Well, it's been a mixed bag. And uh, so I'll discuss two stocks that have done reasonably well and two that haven't uh, done well. So those that have uh, done well, um, you know, it's Anglo Gold and Richmond, and those that have done less well is Anglo American PLC, uh, not Amplats, well, AM, Anglo PLC, and then uh, Impala Platinum. So, on those that have done well, if you look at um, Anglo Gold, that's uh, had a good six months, and the gold price has been extremely volatile. Um, but of course, Anglo Gold is, you know, they are now, um, well, they have no operations in South Africa, so they um, will only have a secondary listing going forward on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, moving their primary listing to the United States. So they have, um, you know, about 60% of their uh, earnings come from Africa. That's north of us. And then uh, the other 40% is e equally split between uh, South America and Australia. So, but the gold price, uh, they've, they've outperformed the gold price. They've done well and... Um, you know, they have, um, they should over the next couple of years increase their production maybe about 3% per annum. They could hit 3 million ounces by 2025, 2026. That'll be very uh, bullish for the company. Now, that's been obviously driven by the, the, uh, the gold price. Gold price, the primary drive of the gold price is uh, real interest rates. And as you know, for years, um, America's had uh, real interest rates have been negative. But as the Federal Reserve has um, increased interest rates by about five percentage points over the last 18 months, uh, that has sent uh, real interest rates in, uh, made them positive. That's generally a negative for the gold price. And that's why you've seen it sort of uh, you know, can't maintain uh, that $2,000 level. Um, and then also, but of course, there's a lot of problems in the world. There's the war in Ukraine. There's the, the as I say, rising interest rates. But I would be surprised if we aren't close to the peak of uh, US interest rates. They have gone on hold. They are promising another couple of uh, interest rate hikes. But so, you know, I don't know what the intention is if they want to crash that U.S. market because um, that's, at some stage, one of these interest rate hikes will just be the straw that breaks the camel's back. But if they um, go on hold and then over time, over the next year, start to reduce interest rates, that will be positive for a gold price. And so I expect Anglo Gold to continue to, um, to do well. Now, it has obviously given up... Uh, um, some of its gains from its peak of over 500 down to about 400, but I expect that it can move its way back up to the 500 rand uh, level. The other stock that has done exceptionally well has been uh, Richemont. Now, um, as you know, the Chinese had a, a, a very tight COVID lockdown and when almost nothing happened in that economy and when they lifted the lockdown, the world expected a, 
a massive stimulus from the unlocking uh, or the reopening of China. So there was an initial uh, boost to that, but uh, unfortunately it's gone pear-shaped since then. The Chinese economy is struggling, but what has not struggled has been luxury goods, and that has been uh, benefited uh, Richmond. And so the Chinese are not traveling in the numbers that they did uh, prior to COVID, but the numbers are up over the last couple of months. As soon as Chinese start to travel more, it will be more beneficial for Richemont's business. But also, the U- you know, the US and Europe are big drivers of their business as well as, as Asia. And in the last year, it has been a fantastic uh, time for their business, especially in the uh, speciality watchmaking uh, business. And you've seen uh, uh, excellent earnings from that. And their results, I think, will come out now around the 17th of July. And I expect that their earnings to be up further. So this is a stock that can continue to outperform. Obviously, it will be volatile when you open the newspaper and you read about, um, you know, the Chinese economy struggling and that. So it's generally, but over overall, China, I think, will have no option but to stimulate their economy. And uh, that will be bullish for many sectors. But I think luxury goods will have the Chinese have a, a love for uh, all things luxury. And uh, I expect the consumers to continue to spend on that. And as travel opens up and more of them travel to Europe, that will be very good for the Richmond uh, business. It's very interesting, um, Greg, uh, you know, the two stocks that you've mentioned today, it's all things shiny. It's very, very interesting, um, you know, uh, how the, what, what they have in common. I must ask you about Anglo Gold Ashanti. The restructure and, you know, the listing of the New York Stock Exchange, has that had anything to do with the great performance of the stock? Well, I think somewhat, you know, it's, it's not a cheap exercise to delist from uh, the JSE. And I think they set aside something like 600 million for that. But um, I don't, uh, I think, you know, Anglo Gold has underperformed some of the top American gold companies. They've had some challenges and they need to get things right in, in uh, Ghana and uh, I think in Colombia. But once they do that, they, I think by listing now on the New York Stock Exchange, they hope to get their, um, their rating up. So, but uh, yeah, it's uh, obviously the expenses have um, had an effect on, on the price. Very interesting, Greg. Take us through uh, the, the, the bottoms of, of this uh, first half of 2023. Yeah, so on the bottom, so the shares that have done less well this year, which is quite disappointing, have been Anglo-American PLC and the other one is Impala Platinum. So on Anglo, Anglo is a very diverse um, mining house. They've got platinum, they've got iron ore, they've got uh, metallurgical coal, they've got um, diamonds as well. So it gives them quite a, a broad base. But the basket, obviously, Last year, about 30% of their revenue came from platinum. This is down to about 27-odd now because the price of the underlying basket of platinum group metals has fallen quite substantially. When Russia invaded uh, Ukraine, you saw the price of rhodium and palladium. Palladium went to about $2,500 and palladium went to 20-odd thousand something, which has now come down quite sharply and palladium as well. Platinum is sort of relatively held up against that, but the basket price is down and 
So that obviously affected Anglo-American in terms of earning less from their their platinum mines. At the same time, you've had a very volatile iron ore market uh, with the price going up and down. So, And as China has been in the news about their slowing economy, this has all dragged the the uh, Anglo project, uh, the Anglo price down. But Anglo has two big uh, copper mines, one in Peru, one in Chile. And as copper is what they call a future facing material, I expect copper to become bigger in Anglo's life from about 15% of income to about a quarter of its income over the next few years. And uh, Anglo for me looks exceptional value at, uh, at these levels. We'll have to see what happens to underlying commodity prices, but any tick up in that will be beneficial for, um, for the stock. Now it's very similar on Impala Platinum. Now Impala obviously relies also on the PGM basket and they were, you know, two years ago, um, they did exceptionally well when the price uh, rocketed ahead. As those prices have come down, it's been a negative for um, Impala. Dragging on that was this, uh, you know, they wanted to buy RB Platts, um, Bobby Platts and um, Royal Buffer County, and uh, which they've now managed to get 56% of, of the shares. So in effect, they control it. There is a big, large minority shareholder there with about 34%, which is Northern Platinum. We don't know yet what they will do with their stake. At, by the end of this month, the other shareholders in uh, RB Platts must decide whether they're going to accept Impala's offer of 90 Rand a share plus 30% of a um, Impala share. Uh, the Royal um, Buffer Game Platinum share price is trading very similar to the Impala price, so there's really not much in it at the moment. But the bottom line is that, um, you know, Impala's net asset value is about 234 Rand a share. I think at these levels, it's been following the basket price down, but I think that that basket price should find some stability soon. And what has helped them also has been the weaker South African Rand, which should cushion somewhat the, the fall in the basket price. So it's been a disappointing time for them, but I think if one watches the the uh, PGM basket price, and if that starts to recover, it would be a very good opportunity now at these levels for Impala. I must ask you, Greg, uh, with Impala Platinum, that RP Platts deal just took so long. I'm wondering if at some point some investors got disinterested, um, you know, in uh, the, the and also the value of the deal kind of got compromised with the gradual increases in shareholding um, in RP Platts, and that could have possibly uh, caused some sort of a sell-off of that uh, stock. Well, I think a combination of both, but as you know, when I, I think they announced the deal, it was something like you were going to get about between 150 or even up to 180 per RB yeah. Platt share, which now the Platt share is trading at around about 128 Rand uh, around there. So people are expecting, but it came because the deal took so long and it came at a time when the, the basket price of the underlying commodity was falling. It was inevitable that, uh, you know, people will get less, but at the moment there's very little in it for a, um, I'll be plat shareholder to say, no, I don't want to take um, the offer from uh, Impala. But it remains to be seen, you know, um, 
the reason why Northern pulled out of the deal was because of the fall in the price of the underlying commodities. And so then uh, that's why, but they still hold 34% of Impala now. So I would imagine that they'll have to decide what they're going to do with it, just be a shareholder. Um, it's probably unlikely, but obviously when the price um, improves, they might be um, looking to sell. So that might be an overhang on the Impala price uh, going forward, but we'll have to see. Um, let's get the deal uh, done. The takeover regulation panel has approved, you know, given the certificate of compliance to Impala, and the JSC has now given them the okay to uh, uh, proceed with the offer to uh, minorities. We'll be watching this one closely in the second half of 2023, Greg. Now, um, as we do every week, we do have our term of the week. Speak to us about headline earnings versus headline earnings per share. Uh, so you have earnings per share and then you have headline earnings okay. per share. So both of these measure uh, the profitability of a company and, and their performances, but there are some key differences. So um, the most widely used measure is earnings per share, and that tells you the or calculates the portion of profit that's allocated to each share. So if you're a shareholder and you own 10% of the shares, then you would be entitled to 10% of the company's profits after you deduct the expenses. Um, but if, let's say you have a company and it's making widgets, but in that year, and you're doing quite well, but in the year you have sold a building and you've made a good profit on your on the sale of that property. Now that goes into the calculation of your profits. So that could show you made a, a, a fabulous profit, but it, it distorts the, the true figure because that was uh, what they call an exceptional item. So with headline earnings per share, that just strips out those ex, um, uh, extra, those non, um, what they call exceptional or non-recurring items. And then you get a true value of the company's profit because you're not going to sell the, another building the following year. So you will, this gives an investor a true um, picture of the operating profitability of a company. Well, Greg, uh, it's great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon and for explaining that uh, so well. Thank you so much for our time, uh, your time rather. That was Greg Kathleen and Bergen from Sunlam Private Wealth with your Wednesday edition of Stock Picks.